0: Hello, Amanda. <laughs> Welcome to the Rotten Horror Picture. What's your favorite movie? <laughs>
1: the-
0: it's a tough voice to I do. I was going
1: to say, you got to go lower.
0: Is it? I Because I, I was going to go lower. Hello. No, it's t- <laughs> you got to have that weird kind of zip to the top of it.
1: Yeah, it's got to be like a little bit in the top of the throat, but not in the nose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I, I always really like... When he's just casually talking to people, like in the first one, before (laughs) they really go over the top with it, and he's like, well, I don't know. What are you you doing tonight?
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Where he's just like a guy on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Making popcorn. (laughs) Um, I love
1: popcorn.
0: This is the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast, where we talk about movies off of the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay. With me, as always, is Amanda. How are you doing, Amanda?
1: I'm good. I got the popcorn on the stove, walking around there. in a weird beige sweater with my cordless phone.
0: But you're not actually doing that. It's actually a recreation. Yes. Of you doing that <laughs> while you're played by a much more famous actress. Yes. Um <clears throat> that's right. Uh we were originally going to do uh Frailty today. Psych. But uh you know, we're shameless shamelessly trying to be involved in the Zeitgeist. So... We're
1: the cotton weary of our time. <laughs>
0: yes, we sure are. <laughs> Uh, and today we are doing number 165 which is wow. Scream 2.
1: You uh, said that like you weren't sure which, I, which one you were going to say.
0: I honestly <laughs> forgot what it was for a second. I apologize. <laughs> um yeah, cuz uh, the new one is the new one is out. I think at this point COVID uh COVID conditions being as they are, we will have mm. seen the new one and uh, done a live stream about the new one before yes. this episode comes out. So hopefully we had lots of really great things to say in there.
1: But yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure we were extremely insightful. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Uh,
0: but yeah, Scream 2, the sequel to the phenomenon, Scream 1, <laughs> uh, which came out in 1996. Scream 2 came out in 1997. I think they were like shooting this six months after the first one came out or something. It was a really quick turnaround. Wow. Yeah, and I guess... Um, Kevin Williamson, when he wrote Scream as, a par- as part of the way to sell the package, sell the mm-hmm. script, he wrote a five-page treatment for Scream 2 and Scream 3. Oh, and okay. So,
1: so it was kind of a known plan from the beginning that this yes. was going to be an ongoing series.
0: Yes. However, even though he had that mapped out, things did not go according to that plan, which is what as we, we will get do. into that in a bit later. But... um Number 165 on the list. Had you seen this before?
1: Uh, yes, but not for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, similar to how way back when, when we first started this podcast, or even actually, I think technically slightly before we started this podcast, um, and, and we recorded with Wes, we watched Scream, and I hadn't seen that one in a long time. I have not seen this one in even longer. Right. I maybe saw this pretty close to when it came out. Obviously, not exactly when it did, because I was pretty young. hmm um, But I would say middle school or early high school. And mm-hmm. then I, I just have never seen it since.
0: Yeah. This one is is a, Scream as a franchise for me is a weird one because I loved the first one. Yeah. I owned yeah. it on v- VHS. The,
1: <laughs> me too, actually.
0: format of our time. Yes. I watched it many times. Mm-hmm. I saw Scream 2 once on video when it came out on video. Yeah. And I did not see Scream 3. I don't think I saw Scream 3 until last night, actually.
1: Oh, really? And
0: Scream 4, I had only seen fairly recently. If I had seen Scream 3 before I watched it last night, mm. it was <clears throat> years ago, and it left such a s- small mark on me that I did not remember anything about it. Okay.
1: Um, Weirdly, I think I've seen Scream 3, like, twice.
0: Really? Yeah. That's a rough one to see multiple times.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I, I think I, I sought it out to watch it oh, one, sure. one time because I was like, I loved the first one. I think I was like pretty neutral about the second one. Yeah. And then I, I saw the third one and then I think it was just like, you know, at a sleepover or on in somebody's room or you, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it's on kind of in the background and I and we ended up just like bored and watching it.
0: Have you seen uh, the fourth one?
1: I have not. No. Not bad. Okay. Uh, better s- Better than three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. Much better. <laughs> that that's that's comforting. Okay. Yeah. Scream... That gives me the fortitude to try and watch it before we see five.
0: Yeah, Scream Three is like season four of Community, basically. Yeah. Where it's written by <laughs> the somebody gas else. Leak year. Yeah, it's written by somebody else that was based on Kevin Williamson's outline, but like not really followed. Right. And it just doesn't feel like all the characters yeah. are there and all the actors are there, but it just doesn't yeah. feel the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. so something it's... in
1: its soul is. Yeah,
0: it's also very bloodless. Yeah, w- because they were um, forced to cut it way down, violence-wise, because of Columbine, which had happened not too long ago.
1: Oh, I do kind of remember that. So
0: it's there's it's not Oof. as nearly as violent as the other ones, and also none of the people involved in anything are teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's this is a very it's a very odd franchise. Uh, but we can, yeah. there, are, there are things about it that I do want to talk about, which we will get into after we, we take our break. But um, yes. we're going to take a quick break, play the trailer for you, and then talk about Scream 2. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me. What do you want? it's time girlfriend don't you know history repeats itself
1: (laughs) last night two college students were brutally murdered police
0: are everywhere
1: the girl was stabbed seven times ouch hi gail weathers author of the woodsboro murders
0: she's an opportunist
1: be kind she saved our lives
0: yeah i know i read all about it in the book i can't wait to see the movie Sit. Sit. Did you know the
1: victim? Felt threatened by the murder. What am I supposed to do?
0: If there is some freaked out psycho, they're probably already in your life. Okay, so you just want to sit here and, and wait to see who drops next? The way I see it, someone's out to make a sequel. So it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel. Number
1: one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate.
0: How did we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. Well, let's look at the suspects.
1: I'm not interrupting anything, am I? It's him. He can see us. Do you want to die tonight? Is that the best you
0: can do? Why not set your goals higher, huh? Showgirls, absolutely frightening. All right, Scream 2 from 1997. Number 165 on our list with an 81% Rotten Tomatoes score. Hmm. Directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson, starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Jamie Kennedy, Seth Bullock from Deadwood, and Aunt (laughs) Jackie from Roseanne. Amanda, what happens in Scream 2?
1: Sydney and tabloid reporter Gail Weathers survived the events of the first Scream, but their nightmare isn't over. When two college students are murdered at a sneak preview of Stab, a movie based on the events from the first film, it's clear a copycat killer is on the loose. Sidney and Gail, as well as fellow survivors, Deputy Dewey and Randy, have to find out who is behind this new murder spree before they all end up dead. Mm, yes. And Clay, some things you'll find in this movie include mm-hmm. Nick Cave's Red Right Hand.
0: It is not a Scream movie unless that is featured. I don't think it's in number four, <laughs> unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Which means that four is not a Scream movie. Not
0: officially a Scream movie.
1: Uh, meta Conversations about Meta Conversations. I did also
0: want to say when the when the new trailer came out for the yes. new one, the first thing I thought was man, Nick Cave must be getting ready to buy a new yes. boat because <laughs> royalties will be rolling in. I'm sorry, what was the no, next no, no. One? Uh,
1: Meta Conversations about Meta Conversations. Yeah,
0: the they really uh they really inception themselves quite a bit in this <laughs> in this movie i think
1: <laughs> christopher nolan stole the concept from scream 2 yeah
0: it's like folding in on itself four or five times yeah at a clip it's very yeah interesting. yeah
1: you can argue even with the casting it's folding in on itself oh totally yeah, yeah. uh cotton weary is 900 number
0: you know i watched this movie <laughs> twice recently like <laughs> yes. very close together uh because i actually watched it because i wanted to watch it and then we made the decision to cover it so i watched yeah. it again. He th- when he's talking to to Sydney in the yes. in the library, he just throws that line out where he's like, "Well, I, if this doesn't work, there's always the nine hundred number." And I was very fascinated by that.
1: I missed that entirely. Yeah, I I I am shocked that I did because I feel like that's a pretty noticeable line. But this movie, I guess, does kind of have the '90s thing where there are times where people are kind of throwing lines yeah. back and forth at each other. Yeah, uh, Clay. You'll also find scar tissue as body armor
0: <laughs> my my favorite line of nature's the nature's
1: <laughs> defense
0: dewey saved from certain death once again yes. because the scar tissue he developed from the injuries in the first film was strong enough to block the blade of a knife which i would like to point out earlier in this film with one stab goes through the side of a of a bathroom stall. Yeah. And then later on through a solid wood door.
1: Yes. Like a, like a thick,
0: like a thick yeah. wood door. Yeah. So that's some serious scar <laughs> tissue he's got going on there. Good doctors.
1: <laughs> that's what the red hot chili peppers were singing about. Yes. Uh, and of course the classic questionable parenting.
0: Yes. Uh, scream very solidly constructed on questionable parenting.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, so first of all, <clears throat> the The first thing that stood out to this stood out to me about this movie that really took me back, seven fifty for a movie ticket, <laughs> on like an opening night.
1: Was that ever true?
0: I remember when movie tickets were four fifty, like across the board. What? Maybe, or maybe it was six. I think it was maybe six.
1: Where were you going to see movies?
0: Showcase Cinemas and Revere.
1: Are you serious? Yeah.
0: Wow! Yeah, when I was a kid, it was like six or five or six dollars, and I remember when they moved up to like seven or seven yeah, fifty. Yeah. I immediately turned into an old man, and I was like, "No one will ever pay that. <laughs> no one will ever pay that much money yeah. to go see a movie in the theater."
1: <laughs> Have fun paying for your twenty-four dollar ticket nowadays. Exactly.
0: Um, yeah, but that the opening the opening uh, scene of this movie is very good, and yeah. I think it is indicative of this movie as a whole because this movie has a lot of really great sequences in it. Yes. I think the action is better than the first movie. Uh, it's more yeah. inventive. It's it, they're kinda yeah, yeah. they're kinda doing different stuff.
1: Yeah, they're trying new things. Yeah.
0: And they are saying something with this movie. Mm. But I don't know if the movie that you're watching fully understands what it is it's showing to you yes because yeah just to kind of get this out of the way (laughs) i find this movie to be profoundly sad
1: and tragic
0: and depressing
1: yeah this movie is when you dissect it and you sort of lay it all out in words a huge fucking bummer yeah like this movie is a really the things it's saying about like human nature and 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 people's motivations and all of this stuff are really dark
0: yeah yeah The it it is it is so much darker than anything it has to say about movies or sequels or anything like that yeah because what they're doing with sydney specifically is yeah just brutally bleak
1: yeah
0: and Well,
1: and that opening scene kind of sets that tone where, you know, there's this couple that have gone to see Stab, Mm -hmm. the in-movie version of Scream, the first movie, Um, and the the boyfriend goes to the restroom and he gets killed in the restroom, and then Ghostface comes pretending to be the boyfriend and eventually kills the girlfriend Mm -hmm. in the rowdy crowd in front of everybody right yeah and nobody pays attention and nobody does a thing
0: right and i mean if you really want to go there it's also a black woman who's being killed yeah
1: oh um, and i think you have to go there because they even make a bunch of comments that's like, true yeah. their, their conversation they talk very explicitly how they're like yeah like black people do not fare well in these movies right. like like right. part of the reason um isn't it jada Pinkett? it's it Men? is yes yeah. um part of the reason she doesn't want to see the movie is she's like there are, they're always about just like some skinny white girl getting chased by a guy and she's the only one who survives. Everyone else dies. And Mm -hmm. if there are any black people in it, they die like horrifically and right away.
0: Right. Right. And
1: then that's exactly what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is also such an odd flex too, because the first one is so, so white. Yes. Like the first scream is so aggressively white. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just interesting. It's, it's an interesting juxtaposition, obviously, that they are clearly seem to be doing on purpose. But um, yeah, before we get into that depressing stuff,
1: yeah. <laughs> let's just
0: talk about this on like a general, yeah. general kind of. Do kinda, the fun kinda, stuff yeah. first. Uh, first question. How do you feel about sequels in general? Not necessarily this one, but it's just like, they they talk about sequels in the movie, so let's talk about sequels in the movie that is also a sequel that we're talking about.
1: Right. We'll talk about sequels the way they talked about sequel in the sequel. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that tracks.
1: Um, you know, I, I'm not blanket against them. Mm-hmm. I think more movies get sequels than need sequels. Sure. Um. But I do think that like especially in horror movies the franchise is such a it, it's it's such a genre unto itself.
0: Yeah. That by yeah. making
1: a movie that has multiple sequels that are sort of at least mostly all in canon, you are sort of following in this grand tradition at this point. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. like there are so many horror movie franchises and horror movie franchises have been a thing. In such a big way, f- at least in my opinion, kind of longer than a lot of other styles or genres of, mm-hmm. of movies that have been sort of like more falling into that pattern now. Yeah. Um. So I'm not I'm not inherently against them. However, I, I really I do agree with with the conversation they have in film class where they're sort of like, yeah, name a sequel that's better than the original.
0: Right. right. And I
1: kind of I, I, I'm sure one exists but it is hard to think of them, so it's kind of like, yeah, I, I have very, I have mixed feelings about sequels. What about you?
0: Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, the best of the series.
1: <laughs> hard disagree. <laughs>
0: See, that's where I think they limit themselves in that conversation because everybody only talks about the first sequel. Nobody ever talks about the later sequels.
1: <clears throat> but, right. Well, I mean, because like I, I, I feel like that. Then you get into Randy's argument right. of, oh, that's not like a Empire Strikes Back's not a sequel. It's the middle uh middle piece of a trilogy that was planned as a trilogy or right, right. you know became. well,
0: quote unquote planned uh,
1: sure, yeah, yeah yeah,
0: <clears throat> that's a different podcast um yes.
1: that yeah. I will not be on
0: <laughs> yeah i I find them interesting because they make sense, but they I kind of feel like sequels were very um looked down upon for a very long time, oh yeah. Uh I think un-
1: they still are in a lot of ways
0: I yeah, but they've become so mainstream, like I think yeah. I think it was probably like Harry Potter, maybe who made sequels the concept of sequels classy because even though that's part of a series where it's yeah. like you know you're in this for seven movies, it's this idea that
1: it it's it's the the intro to the extended universe, yeah, idea, it's, it, you know it, where it, it it's makes like,
0: it seem like there is a larger plan at play yes. instead of shit. This movie made a shitload of money. Let's do right. it again as quickly as possible.
1: Right. Like, Oh no, no, no. Don't you see, we put all these Easter eggs and these references to these other things in the movie, in the first movie so that we could make the second movie. We were planning it all along. It's right. not because Captain America actually did okay in the box office right. and we're going right. to just run with it.
0: Right. Sometimes you stick to your guns and yeah. even if it doesn't do that great, you keep going. But yeah, uh, that's another conversation. Well. <laughs> um, R.I.P. <clears throat> the the dark universe, <laughs> going down the ship with the mummy. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting concept to get into for a movie that is so meta that does a yes. sequel to start talking about sequels,
1: especially in the horror genre where everything gets a sequel.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, and I think how do you how do you feel about what they do inside the movie regarding sequels? Like, are, are do you feel like that? discussion or the calling out of stuff about sequels is reflected in the movie itself
1: not as much as you would think yeah i I feel like they pay a lot of lip service to it at the very beginning yeah um with the opening sequence in the movie theater and then with the kind of initial conversations that sydney et al have after the news has gotten out that two of their fellow classmates have been brutally murdered um they, they sort of talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the movie doesn't really do a whole heck of a lot with it. Aside from try to make the boyfriend into a red herring.
0: Right. Which <clears throat> we can talk about that in a bit. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Buy, that, I don't buy that at all. But uh, yeah, I, you know, the thing that I found interesting is it's tough, right? Sc- the first scream is so impeccably written. Like yeah. it is so tight. Yeah. You know, they've got visual cues that are that are written in that are commenting on things. Like my favorite scene in the first one is when the guy in the film in the camera truck is watching the hidden camera as mm-hmm. though he's watching a horror movie of and go yep. like get out of the house. You yep. know, like it's so smart, it's so tightly written. This one is
1: Yeah.
0: It's got its ups and downs for me.
1: Yeah, and I think in the first one the, the meta stuff and the comedy are better woven together. Yeah, yeah. And then incorporated in the rest of the movie in a way that like makes sense and feels genuine to the characters and to the action, but doesn't feel like it's super making light of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, there's like throwaway jokes and some like, you know, Gail Weathers bitchiness that's supposed to be kind of like funny right but it really largely kind of there's the, 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 the like humor of it is kind of lost That sort of like the the feeling of like gleeful indulgence
0: yeah isn't
1: there in this movie like we said earlier it's much more bleak yeah for all of its like trappings of like you know slick 90s movie
0: yeah and I, I feel like it kind of it it covers itself a bit in how good the individual sequences are like
1: yeah the
0: opening is really great um i i even like the i like the setup that sydney's in college and she's got a caller id thing that's, yep. a, that's a great idea um the randy's death is a really great sequence when they're all running around looking for people on cell phones yeah. and stuff which i i kind of remember that scene hitting more then because yeah. cell phones were pretty new mm. and so this idea that oh instead of looking for someone who's calling a landline you could be any one of these people out in the wide open could be the, the 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 caller
1: right right it it adds like a level of fear and intimidation of like oh shit he could be literally anywhere he's not just you know it, either on a corded phone or has to be within range of the uh the cordless phones reception right like he can just be like wandering anywhere hiding anywhere
0: yeah and i remember randy's death itself very shocking. I was not expecting them to kill him. Yeah. Um,
1: I even liked to, to, to jump backwards in in the movie slightly. This sort of Black Christmas homage, where Sarah Michelle Geller is alone in the sorority house. Oh, sure. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. Like, yeah.
0: They they even we were talking about it. They they come up with a really great reason for her not to leave.
1: Right. Why she is... has to go back inside, and which you know usually you're like, what are you doing? Don't go back in the house. But she like. She's trying to do the right thing that everybody yells at the horror movie heroines to do, which is mm-hmm. just call the cops.
0: Right. But she can't because if she leaves the house, she's on a cordless phone. Right. The connection of the phone doesn't work, so she's got to go back into the house so she can get reception on the phone. Yep. Um, I do think that's, that scene is kind of weird because she's playing the designated driver in case... <laughs> <laughs> Sorority sisters need a ride home from the party that is literally across the street.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, but I guess you know it's always good to have one person at the house who's sober. So yeah, <clears throat>
1: um,
0: yeah. That's sequ- I. I feel like her sequence is one of the weaker ones, just because it's so much so similar to the first movie, where it's chasing a girl through a house kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, but I, I think... do
0: think the things they add to it are very good.
1: Right, and I and I do think that. I kind of like that because it does, there's some element of the classic horror movies, the classic slasher mm-hmm. that they are preserving in that sequence, which which I like because it doesn't then just stay there.
0: Sure, You know what yeah. I mean?
1: The rest of the movie is not them just like hiding in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think, you know, I, I think it works where it's at. And then, yeah, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I, I agree that I just kept looking back through my notes and sort of being like, that scene was pretty good. Yeah. That yeah. scene was also pretty good. That sequence was good. But there's like a disconnect between each of these individual sort of vignettes with different characters and what happens to them and the and the whole thing. Right. It just doesn't – each piece feels well done, but the whole doesn't fully jive for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is probably uh, this film also was – altered a lot ah. because I guess part of the script was um, released leaked online mm. and so they had to rewrite a bunch of stuff But we can get into that a little bit later that's a bummer um, but yeah you know they've they've got these great sequences uh, they've got they've added a lot more um, kind of glorified cameos of other popular teen stars yes this is <laughs> I I was thinking between this and urban legend and yeah. uh, cruel intentions. Joshua Jackson just had the market cornered on glorified cameos in movies at this point.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, f- I feel kind of bad for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: I feel like he was he was on the cusp of being like the next big thing. And then just something didn't something didn't work for him. Yeah. He
0: kind of just fell off the radar after Dawson's Creek.
1: Yeah. He he did that show Fringe. Wasn't he was like, he in Fringe? Wasn't he on Fringe? I think
0: you're probably right. I don't remember. I didn't watch Fringe.
1: I watched like the first season. It was actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, also featured in glorified cameo is love of my life, Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> uh, it's all right. My girlfriend knows that. It's fine. It's um, the love of her life too. No, very much not. <laughs> not that she doesn't like her, but I they're... thought the
1: love of your life was Mandy Moore.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. That was just I was going through a thing. I got it. That was no.
1: youthful flings. Yes, yeah, no. yeah.
0: Sarah Michelle Gellar will always be number one.
1: <laughs> she is so underused in this.
0: She is. Um, it, it's also she's she's used to much better effect in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, but even there. I it just feels really weird to see her cast so against type from Buffy.
1: Right. Cuz
0: it's like it, for for me anyway, it's like it's like seeing Did you ever see Executive Decision? We, we watched Executive Decision last year during uh 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 lockdown movie fest, right? Uh with uh
1: Probably, but I will admit I spent several of those movies baking <laughs> and
0: uh Baking yourself.
1: No. <laughs> No, not baking like that. Baking like cookies and and cake and yeah. pie and stuff. It yeah.
0: was the one with uh, Kurt Russell where they have to g- they have to sneak onto the plane and Steven Seagal gets killed after like fifteen yes. minutes. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. The thing with that movie, perfectly fine, you know, B B minus action movie. Yes, but they the th- the the thing that they posit at the beginning is that Kurt Russell is this really nerdy. Um, you know, glasses wearing fumbly yeah. pencil pusher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm watching this movie, going like, "It's it's Snake Plissken. Right. You're putting Snake Plissken <laughs> on this plane, and you're trying to
1: look. He's showing you some range. Yeah,
0: you're trying to get me to to uh, believe that he could, he wouldn't take control of the situation. That's how I feel in this movie with Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, but it's even worse because. She looks just like Buffy. Like they don't yeah. change her. It's like she just showed right. up in the clothes she was wearing, did her scenes and left.
1: Right, because it's the same time period. Right. And and she looks the exact same and they don't style her any differently. Right. And yeah. you know, maybe maybe she's a little more toned down in some of her outfits, but like and and she's pretty like she is a blonde sorority sister, but she is not a bimbo. Right. And she's not shallow. Mm-hmm. She's in that kind of early scene in the film, in film class. And she's like making really good points and coming off really strong and smart and kind of like she's got some snappy replies right, and stuff. Right. Um, which, by the way, in this movie, I feel like huge missed missed opportunity to make her sort of like her and Randy a thing. Yeah. Like yeah. they actually in that scene, I thought had some chemistry and I was like, yeah. why don't we go here instead of just having him still hung up on Sydney?
0: I was trying to figure out, is she, is her, ca- maybe I'm just thinking too much about this because of my attach- attachment to her and, and her other character, Yeah, but is her casting in this and how quickly and easily she's killed, mm-hmm. is that meant to be like a like a head fake? Is it meant to be, oh, well- Buffy's in this. She's obviously not going to be the first one to die, and then boom, she's dead.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it, if there's a little bit of that, and and just trying to grab the attention of everybody who was into Buffy because it was such a big thing then. Yeah, like know. it was. It was one of those. Excuse me, one of those shows that was actually popular when it was on.
0: Right. right.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I do think this movie, this this franchise in particular, which is so filled with actors from the same popular television set is really hampered by the fact that basically everybody in these movies was trying to film them in between episodes of the TV shows they were doing.
1: That's a really good point. (laughs) Which is
0: probably why Joshua Jackson is only in these movies for like 15 minutes. Yeah.
1: And probably why Sarah Michelle Gellar was like, okay, and then throw me off this balcony, please. I have places to be.
0: Scream 3. Neve Campbell is barely in that movie because really? because she was shooting party of five and another movie at the same time. Wow. So she if I read that her schedule was something like she was shooting party of five in the morning and then she would shoot uh um Scream Three at night and then like have like a four hour break and then on the weekends she actually would work two days straight on all three of those projects or something. Jesus it, was something it was ridiculous, yeah. But you know, they're kinda hamstrung by that um i mean this is 97 i don't know if sliders is still on at this point but jerry o'connell was on sliders yeah uh, courtney cox is in friends obviously i was
1: gonna say everything
0: yeah <laughs> david arquette was well this is basically all he was doing so he yeah. could do whatever he wanted <laughs> That's why we
1: get a lot of dewey in this movie yeah dewey
0: dewey gets put front and center in a lot of these sequels i think because he was the most available yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and Dewey, Dewey kind of gets like a like an attitude makeover in this movie.
0: Yeah. He yeah. goes through some interesting changes in this series because uh, one of the things I really like is that he has visible damage from the first movie because yep. he's got like nerve damage so he doesn't right. walk really well and he's kind of like an arm thing. Yeah. Uh, that gets ironed out across the next few movies. <laughs> um, but Physical
1: therapy can do amazing things. Clay. Yeah,
0: I guess. Um, but that's a good place to jump into my next question. Yeah. Where does this movie take place?
1: I have no idea.
0: It apparently takes place in Ohio, which the uh, I actually looked up online and asked someone who was a scream aficionado if they knew and they said Ohio and I didn't remember seeing anything. The only yeah. time that you see it is when they the sh- cops show up to uh, CeCe, Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller's yeah 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 uh, death scene yeah you can see a license plate and it says Ohio. Huh. So the reason I bring that up is because I found it really convenient. Not only are Sydney and Randy going to the same college, random college in Ohio, <laughs> Gail Weathers shows up less than 24 hours after that murder, and so does Dewey. And it just seems really convenient to me.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I will say I can justify a couple of them. Mm -hmm. I could totally understand being like Sydney and Randy kind of having a codependent friendship going on Sure, where it's like, we have been through something deeply traumatic. You know, I, I can, I can see Sydney being like, I'm not going to college. I'm not doing it. I'm just going to like, I'm going to barricade myself in my house for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And Randy being like, no, look, come on, I'm going to go to this school. You should apply with me. We'll go together. I'll watch your back. We'll watch each other's backs. We won't let anything bad happen to each other. That I would buy. Like they, they are like trauma bonded friends. Sure. Yeah. Gail showing up with Cotton seems like it's because Cotton Weary has gotten out of prison. Mm-hmm. Or I forgot has... to
0: mention Cotton. Cotton is also already there.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think Gail has brought him.
0: Yes, I think you're right. And yeah.
1: I think maybe. I could, if you wanted to argue that she had already planned, because wasn't it also around like the anniversary of it happening and all that?
0: And she specifically brings him over to Sydney to like surprise confront her. Right. So I'm willing to believe that it was just a coincidence.
1: Right. Those, those ones I can sort of make some kind of sense out of. Mm -hmm. The one I can't is Dewey.
0: Yes. Like, Um,
1: Why is Dewey? How did he get? He got there very fast from California,
0: and it was apparently that was a hangover from the original version of the script. Yeah, because in the original version of the script, he had gotten a job as a security guard at the college, so he could be near Sydney and keep her safe. Oh, got it. I my theory is that these conveniences are overlooked because them being there so quickly subconsciously or consciously makes you go oh wait a minute maybe they were the killer
1: right right like i I definitely think that's the reasoning that's the reason in the movie why you would have them all there so fast right is so that as soon as possible you can set up as big an ensemble cast as you can Mm -hmm. to sort of pitch different possible red herrings out there as, as who's doing this
0: right right um speaking of the red herrings Yes, uh, as I was saying before, I I don't know about you. I don't really find any of the my biggest problem with this movie, I think, just from a structural on its surface thing, yeah, is I don't know if I find any of the red herrings believable, yeah, which then makes the actual reveal of the killers have less impact because I well, a don't know who one of them is.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And the other one is just sort of like a side character who doesn't really have anything to do for most of the movie.
1: But as as you said, is doing his best Jack Nicholson throughout.
0: He, oh my God. If you <laughs> want to see Timothy <laughs> Oliphant dial it up to fucking yeah, nineteen.
1: It's so it yeah. It's funny because I was trying not to remember as I was watching this movie, mm-hmm. like who the killers were. I remembered the mom. Right. Um but I was trying not to kind of remember who the second one was. I knew it was a white dude. Mm-hmm. I remembered it was a white dude. So I was like, all right, it's either him or the boyfriend. Yeah. And I was like I'm pretty sure it's not the boyfriend.
0: It's like, that's why I don't find him believable at all. Because it's like, why would they just do the same thing again?
1: So I, I could see sort of doing the, the um you would think... You put the point I you would think that I would think that you put the poison in my cup, so I'm going to drink your cup. But then I know you would think that I sure. would think that. Like I can sort of see that argument for doing. You know, it's the boyfriend again. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I I just Timothy Timothy Oliphant. Like even really early on, after Cece has been murdered and Sydney has been attacked in the sorority house, and the boyfriend has rushed. In to the house, like they're at the police station afterwards, and 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 Mickey, I think, is his his character. Yes, yeah. Says to Sydney, "Why would he even run back in there?" Yeah, it's like I, I will tell you why. It's because he's kind of a big college dude. Yeah, he's gonna run in because he wants to see if he can catch the guy who's trying to kill his girlfriend.
0: He wears gigantic shirts,
1: gigantic, gigantic baby blue polo shirts, polo shirts. Um. I'll tell you what, I wish I wish the killers were Portia de Rossi and Rebecca Gayhart. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so fucking creepy. Like, I, the, the, they are the sorority sisters who are aggressively trying to get Sydney to join their sorority. Honestly,
0: kind of makes more sense. It
1: doesn't. They are scary because yeah. they are like mini little Stepford wives. It, yeah. it, it creeps me out. Yeah.
0: <coughs> Excuse me yeah i think I think the thing that throws me off with this with this one is the reveal in the first one is so like it makes sense. the yeah, Billy and Stu, Billy more so than Stu, but Billy's plan and reasoning is fairly woven into the story and yeah. sound right
1: and i I like in the first one how. You are supposed to suspect him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he gets taken into custody. Oh yeah, they and, don't. Like, they don't
0: try to make you not suspect him.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. They almost try to make you over suspect him, so that you start to doubt yourself and be like, "Oh, I mean, if 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 this early in the movie, they're kind of being like, you know, the cops are taking him away. It's probably not him, right? Yeah. And and so then this one, Scream Two, you just kind of have no real. Like everyone's mildly paranoid about everyone else, and so that means that everyone's on equal footing, yeah, in a weird way. I don't know.
0: Yeah, like the the eventual reveal of Mickey and what's her name, Debbie Salt, I believe, who yes. is revealed to be Mrs. Loomis. Mrs. Loomis. Like they they don't. <clears throat> I feel like there's not a. Um, Mickey is such a peripheral character. Yeah. That his reasoning is completely insane and like they i feel like timothy oliphant needed to dial it up to make dial the performance up because the stuff that he's saying is so unhinged and not connected to anything whatsoever yeah it's like he's just a a psychopath. Right, which um, also much like much like the Rebecca Gayhart and Urban Legend, part of his plan involves enrolling in college and going to
1: class. Right, right, yeah, just living an entire life. Yeah, and doesn't yeah. I
0: believe does doesn't uh, Mrs. Loomis say like she found him on the internet or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah but, she
1: like found him on message boards or something. Yeah, shit. so his
0: plan involved rolling into call co- enrolling in college, going to college, going to class, making somehow managing to make friends with Sydney and all of her friends right and then starting this this long con I mean I you know I give him credit so it's a, it's a long con um yeah, to the bit
1: but it's also just so like th- so so this kind of ties in for me a little bit about one of the bigger themes of this movie I think which is like people's relationships to fame mm-hmm. and and being famous or wanting to be famous mm-hmm. more than they want anything else yeah and it seems like that's ostensibly Mickey's motivation sure because he even says in his big evil monologue at the end um that it's not the actual murders that matter it's the trial right that's where the real show is right and so between him and cotton weary's sort of attention seeking behavior where he kind of you know says to sydney like "You, you put me in prison for a year the least you can do is get me this interview with diane sawyer right right um
0: cotton weary who continues to be the single least believable red herring I've ever seen anything yes. <laughs> ever. I never, I never for a second believed it was him nope. in the first movie. Never for a nope. second believed it was him in this one.
1: Nope. Uh, but yeah, there's there's like this weird commentary in this movie about the damage that like fame can do to you, or mm-hmm. or, or the, the the search for fame does to you. But I don't think that the movie really realizes that it's saying that much about it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I, I think if you, if you pull it all apart, it's like all Sydney wants is to be left alone, mm-hmm. to be left alone and to be treated like a normal person. But at the same time, she wants to be an actress.
0: Right. She's majoring in, in acting. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which is
1: kind of weird because then the whole point is that you're the center of attention.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Gail and her success in her book. And then when we think Mrs. Loomis is still Debbie Salt- her trying to sort of mimic Gale's success and Cotton trying to get the press attention and being mm-hmm. jealous that Sidney's getting it and thinking he should and that he's owed it. Yeah, And, you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting that there's so many of these threads, but I don't think this movie knows how to tie it together into, like, this is what a- the movie is saying about fame. Right. Like, it doesn't yeah. have, like, an end point. It's just, like, look at all the ways that people react to potentially being famous.
0: Yeah. I actually think obviously if you're going to try if people love these characters and so yeah. I, i'm at this point in podcast timeline we have already seen the new one so we know what's gonna sure. happen. <laughs> but like someone's i was talking to someone they suggested that oh what if nev campbell is the murderer in the new one yeah and i can't like i think about the like oh well, if, yeah that, okay that would be interesting but it's like People love these characters Yeah, that to twist them that badly would just be so sad and unsatisfying. because yeah. The reason I brought that up is because I was thinking it almost feels like Gail should be one of the killers in this because she's yeah. had her book come out. She's kind of like being forgotten. She's looking for right. the next best thing. Well, what's she going to do? Well, just recreate the fame of the first one by doing yeah. another one. And so it, it like it would it, tr- it would track more for me if Gail was one of the killers. Right. But you can't do that to these characters because it's like making yeah. Fred from Scooby-Doo the monster. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fred was the monster. That's all true. Along. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, like, you know, another interesting way to have it is is to have it be Dewey. Yes. You know? Yeah. Have it be Dewey. Have him say, like, I lost so much in my life trying to save you. I'm crippled God, be because so of dark. you, but yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Again, it would be really, really dark. And people do, and I, I am one of those people. I have like an affection for the main kind of cast of, of characters and screen. Sure, absolutely. Um,
0: that's why. I mean, Randy's death is really shocking. Yeah, but I think Dewey's. I don't know what you assault. I guess
1: you think it's a death in the yeah, moment. They play yeah. it like a
0: death. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that scene is one of the best things Wes Craven has ever done.
1: Yeah, yeah, where where Gail is trapped in the booth in yeah. the in the sort of recording studio. In the soundproof windows yeah. and stuff.
0: It's like straight up out of a of a 70s Italian Gialla movie or something. Yeah. It's so well done. The music hits right the at the right way. It is heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. These I was movies, gonna say Courtney
1: Cox's acting in that scene yeah. is actually really great.
0: The the deaths in the first movie Still ride that line of horror movie death where it's like shocking, but it's yeah. still kind of fun to a right? certain it's extent. Right, it's like almost
1: campy at moment in, in different moments. Yeah. yeah, the
0: deaths in this movie are pretty brutal and sad. once, once yeah. I guess I should say, I guess I should say the ones involving the main cast. Well, no, because the first one's pretty brutal too with Jada Pinkett Smith or Jada Pinkett at that point. But like, yeah,
1: yeah, but there is there is definitely a le- an added layer when it's these characters that we've already they've already survived so much, right. And it seems so unfair that they made it through so much only to be killed in this way, right? You know,
0: which I think is a good segue into talking about my larger thoughts about this movie, which yes, is please. that it is ex- profoundly tragic and depressing. And yeah. I think that the movie itself does not—I don't know really quite how to describe this, but. It feels like the the final veneer put on this movie, yeah, either has a complete misunderstanding of the movie that <laughs> yeah. it's on, yeah, or they just didn't know what they were doing <clears throat> because the thing that real something about this movie has always the few times I've seen it, something never really sat well with me, yeah, when I watched it when I was watching it the other night before we watched it together. I, I was like, I can't really put my finger on what this is.' And then I watched it when we watched it again. Yeah. It's the final shot in this movie. Uh-huh. Which is this big swooping crane shot. Yep. With this um like upbeat kind of like tr-
1: very 90s music yeah
0: very very 90s like collective soul song yes, or something yes and they're doing this big crane <laughs> shot pulling back from Sydney who's walking out onto the quad
1: right because they've survived they've defeated the killers Gail oh we find out Dewey's alive and Gail has leapt into the ambulance to be with Dewey mm-hmm. Sydney has instructed and gotten the reporters to go pay attention to cotton which is all mm-hmm. he wanted. And then she just turns around and starts walking across the quad.
0: She walks across the quad by herself, yep. more alone than she has ever been in either of these movies.
1: Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Where is her dad? Didn't he survive he the did. first movie? He's
0: actually in the third one. I thought maybe he was a possible killer for the new one. Yeah. But apparently he died off, off screen between three and four. But, oh. But, yeah. Sydney is she walks away from Dewey is maimed. Yep. Po- thought dead. Randy's dead. Yep. Her boyfriend is dead.
1: Her yeah. best
0: friend is dead. Yep. Her uh her other friend is a psychopath. Yep. Uh her ex boyfriend's mother is a psychopath who is also dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh Cotton only cares about being famous. Right. Um Gail has jumped into the ambulance to go off. So I mean, right. like G- she's,
1: Gail and Dewey are together. You yeah. Know?
0: Th- regardless of whether or not they survived, they are now gone.
1: Right. Right. And They've prioritized. Gail has prioritized Dewey. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you're left with Sydney who is by herself dealing with a whole new round of people that she loved being murdered yep. just because she is alive.
1: Yeah, and the realization that this was not something that was going to happen to her just once. Yeah, because. You know, it was not like you would assume you'd only be targeted by a murderous psychopath one time in your life, maximum. Right. Pretty quickly, this has already been round two. And she's probably what twenty one in this, you know, twenty twenty one yeah. in this movie. Yeah, if like, that.
0: I mean, I don't know if she's she's probably a maybe a sophomore in college or something. Sophomore, right. Junior. So yeah. now
1: she has to look forward to her whole life and be like, it happened once, and then it happened again. There is no reason why it won't happen a third or a fourth or a fifth time. Yeah.
0: And the thing that is so sad to me about this is the text of the movie. Yeah. Through. Very specifically, the scene with when she is at uh, theater rehearsal yeah. talking to the director is, this is your fate. Yep. Ch- you can choose to fight it if you want to, but this is your fate. And it bothers me because through this movie, all she does is avoid things. Yeah. She is constantly looking to other people To solve the problem, even at the end, she you know sure she swings an axe around a bit and you know kind of tries to fight off Mrs. Loomis to a certain extent, but even at the end, she has to rely, she has to give up her own self-respect and do an interview with Diane Sawyer in order for Cotton Weary to save her fucking life. Yep. And there's there is nothing happy about any of this. No, no, it's not a triumph.
1: Right. She doesn't get this moment of empowerment. No, you know, and they kind of try to play it a little bit like she does. Like when she's fighting with Mickey, he has some throwaway line where he's even like, oh, you've got like a Linda Hamilton thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's cool. And like to an extent, she does. She definitely fights back. She's she's definitely like physically capable and, and defends herself. But yeah, in that ending sequence, she is cornered. She yeah. is she's going to die if this other person doesn't save her. Yeah. And yeah, there's no moment of like power or catharsis for her. It's just like Yeah, okay, now everyone's gone again and I'm alone again. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing for me. There's no one standing beside me, there's no bright spot in my future. There's just this over and over again.
0: Yeah. And I think it would bother me less if she was more active in the movie. Because yeah. I was trying to think cuz before I before I Yeah. before I started watching the second one I was thinking about the Scream franchise and I was like, you know, Sydney Prescott is like she's gotta be one of the best final girls because she's it's she's always fighting her way through this stuff and but and I was thinking back, I was like, Well, I'm thinking that based on the first one. I haven't seen three and four I haven't seen three and four. Yeah. I don't remember two. Yeah. And then I watched two and it was just like I she's kind of along for the ride in yeah. this movie. <laughs> she Yeah. And she never like actively tries to break this cycle and it is summed up in what is a great film scene but i think is a horrible scene in this movie which is where uh her and her friend whose name i don't remember uh
1: hallie hallie yes i think that's
0: it um
1: Haley, Haley, Alley? yeah. Haley.
0: They're in the, uh, Ghostface shows up, kills the two cops that are protecting yes. them and starts driving the cop car, which they are stuck in the back seat of. They can't get out because the doors are locked and there's like a great thing between the front passenger seat and the, right. the back seat. Crashes the car, Ghostface is knocked out. The only way that they can get out of the car is if Sydney pulls the cage off the front of the car, climbs through, climbs over Ghostface, gets out of the car. Right. Which she does. Yeah, yeah. However, And it's a great, like, very suspenseful scene. Yeah,
1: lots of tension.
0: But I, I was sitting there just going, like, kill this fucking guy. Kill him.
1: Or at least take his mask, take the off. mask off. And
0: I know they kind of, they try to do the thing. so like, don't do it. You'll wake him up or whatever. But it's like.
1: Yeah, you gotta climb over him. You
0: are literally.
1: Gouge it, his this eyes is, out. This is the
0: best <laughs> chance you will ever have to yes. end this right now. Yep. And she doesn't take it. She crawls over. She doesn't even take the mask off. Yep. She gets her friend out. Then she's like, I have to know who he is, and turns around to go right. back. He's gone, turns around, got her friend, friend's dead. Yep. And then the boyfriend's dead, and then everybody else dies. And it's like, yeah. it's just, it really bothered me, because she is yeah. presented in this movie as constantly pushing away, being active, being told that this is your fate unless you choose to fight it. Actively chooses not to fight it, right? And then it's just like, yeah. What do you expect? Everyone's dead.
1: Yeah, you know. And the other thing that bothers me is, so she she's 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 an acting major, a theater major, whatever. Um, she is in this play. It looks like it's like part of the, um the Greek tragedy, the Oresteia. It is, yes, yeah. Um. Yeah. And she's playing Cassandra.
0: I'm really glad you knew that because I wrote it down, but it's like chicken scratch and <laughs> no, i was not yeah. going to be able to get no, it. No, I'm
1: pretty sure it's the Agamemnon section of the Oresteia. You are correct. Um, and she's playing Cassandra. And the thing with Cassandra is Cassandra, the god Apollo, wanted to have sex with Cassandra. Cassandra said, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And Apollo went, you bitch. And then he, as, the, as they were wont to do,
0: those yeah, gods, absolutely.
1: Yes. And then he cursed her with the ability to see the future, mm-hmm. but the curse part is that no one will believe her, mm-hmm. and this bothers me so much in this movie because if you want to make her, because because clearly having the big climactic battle on the stage in the set is supposed to be like, ah, yes, you are the Cassandra of this tale, right, kind of right. thing. I You would think the thing about Cassandra is she's too active.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: She can see all the bad shit that's going to happen and she's always trying to tell people. Sure. And sure. nobody believes her. Everyone thinks she's insane. Mm-hmm. They literally think she's a mad woman and so they lock her up. Yeah. And nobody listens to her. Sydney is the opposite. Sydney is yeah. just like she she's not walking around saying you guys this is really bad. We need to take steps. We need to protect ourselves. I'm going to go get a gun. I'm going to go right, do whatever. Right. Like She's just kind of like, oh, I guess I mean, I'll just go to the sorority house. I'll go to this party with you. And it's like, wait, really? Like you were attacked and or, or these people were murdered and all this stuff is happening and you're just going to go hang out? Yeah. Like
0: It really bothers me that she never has a moment where she like has to actively confront the fact that she's kind of ignoring this stuff, even though, yes. even though she's running away from someone actively chasing her in a, in a ghost face mask with a knife. Yeah. She's still kind of like passing it off and is right. Most of the detective work is being done by Dewey and Gail and Randy. And, and, and I mean, again, I don't know if that was just scheduling things and they had to, you know, only had her for a certain amount of time, sure. but it's just, she seems like based off the first one, to be such a capable character, and I'm not yes. saying that she needs to be Linda Hamilton.
1: No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying we need to see her in her white tank top doing pull-ups. Right. Like it's it's fine. She can also just be mostly a normal girl. Yeah. But you'd think she would get to a point where she was like, after what I went through with Billy and Stu, I took self-defense classes, and I have set up this like, you know, she she's smart enough that she's got the caller ID thing hooked up to her phone, which back then was not standard Mm -hmm. you know so it's like she's clearly capable and capable of taking preemptive precautions and 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 some sort of action and then most of this movie is just her making sad faces at her boyfriend
0: yeah even like i don't even mind her trying to ignore it yeah. I don't mind her being like, yeah, I don't know why people are doing this to me. Ugh, this sucks. I just don't want to deal with this. I right. don't have I don't have a problem with that.
1: Yeah.
0: I just have a problem with the idea that she never flips the switch. Yes. And like especially like Randy's death is the perfect example of usually in stories like these, that character dying is the thing that f- that leads to the flip switch, the switch flipping? Right, because it happens at a certain point where she has turned the other way long enough that now one of her close friends has been killed, yeah. and she can't deny that this is about her anymore. Yeah, you know, it, she can say, "Oh, yeah, it was just copying the movie. Uh, it's just a coincidence. People trying to be famous off of making a blah blah blah." No, now it right. is actively about you. Right, you can't keep ignoring this.
1: Yeah, and I and I do think it's such a shame that Randy's death happens without Sydney there. Yes. Yeah. Like I wonder if that maybe you could have had a scene more like that mm-hmm. had she been there to witness it. Like she she's not really there for anybody's death. Like
0: Yeah. Re- yeah. She's
1: there when, when you think Gail dies. Yep. When Gail is shot and falls off stage. Yep. She's and there when, for her friend. Her gets, friend and the boyfriend.
0: She's directly responsible for the death of her friend.
1: Right. And and kind of t- almost directly responsible for her boyfriend's death,
0: mm-hmm. Derek, because yeah. like
1: she gets there before Mickey does. And then she's like, what are you doing here? And she kind of hesitates untying him. Mm-hmm. And then Mickey shows up and is sort of like. Oh, hey, man, we did it. We got her. Look, here she is. And Mm. she believes Mickey more than she believes Derek. So she stops trying to get him out and then Mickey shoots him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it, it is. It's so. It's so frustrating that she never has that moment of like. I have to do something about this. This is my life, and mm-hmm. these are my friends, and and this is happening because of me. So I need to be the one to do something.
0: Yeah, and because she she does get that in the first movie. Yeah, you know she 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 really satisfyingly turns the tables on on Stu and Billy.
1: Right, and I'm not, I don't necessarily think the exact same thing no. has to happen. No, not at all. And I'm not advocating for you know a Halloween 2018 style booby trapped house or whatever like i just think there has to be a level of even in that final confrontation with mrs loomis you know that sydney on her own is the one who gets the upper hand
0: yeah yeah it really nice (laughs) like the thing with with cotton at the end bothers me a lot yeah because
1: he's such a weird character like
0: he's he's so peripheral to everything
1: and he's so like He's played like he can sometimes be a really sweet, nice guy mm-hmm. who didn't really do anything wrong and doesn't deserve to be involved in any of this. Mm-hmm. But then also like a giant threatening creep.
0: Right. Yes. And
1: so you get kind of whiplash where you're like, am I supposed to think of him as like a, a self-absorbed creep who's who's just trying to take advantage of everything? Or am I supposed to think of him as kind of like a, a frustrated guy who's been dragged into this hell hole and just wants to make something out of it yeah like i don't know so it's so like tonally dealing with him is always really weird mm-hmm. and it's like is he really gonna let mrs loomis kill her
0: yeah. yeah if
1: he's not a murderer and he's not a bad guy right why would he ever entertain that it's, it's right. very weird yeah yeah
0: yeah and i i think that's well i wanted to, i wanted to ask you what you thought about because when I was thinking about this, how kind of sad and depressing of an ending it is for Sydney, I was I started thinking, well, why is this different than any other slasher movie? Because th- it yeah. ends the same way, where you have one person, maybe two people, who are left yep. after everyone around them has been killed. Yep. Why is why does this land? so much more depressingly than say any entry of let's just let's say any of the good entries of Friday the 13th <laughs> or <clears throat> Nightmare on Elm Street or anything like yeah. that what, what, what is the what do you feel like the difference is
1: well I feel like part of the difference is that a lot of those movies it's easy to forget that a lot of those movies end with the final girl and some sort of friend or love interest mm-hmm. or other character who's still there.
0: Right. A lot sure. a
1: lot of them do. I I know it's not not the majority, but enough that it's a substantive portion of of the sorts of movies we're talking about. The other thing I think is this movie ends in full daylight with a crap ton of people around. Yeah. And all of them ignore her.
0: Yes, every single person ignores her. Yes.
1: And I think that's really what it is cuz you know, you've got, you know, some of the Friday the 13th movies where the ending is the final girl defeats Jason Mm -hmm. or defeats Mrs. Voorhees. And then she's alone. But then usually you get some sort of small epilogue that the authorities have come. (laughs) Kind of the adults have arrived. you know what I mean? And they have taken care of her. She's on a gurney. She's going, getting put into an ambulance. She wakes up at the hospital. Like, there are signs that she is being cared for, mm-hmm. that people are gathering around her and she's safe now. She's protected. She's yeah. in kind of a, a cocoon or a community of some kind, even a temporary one, mm-hmm. that there are people paying attention. That, oh my God, you've been through so much. You've been through more than anyone should have to handle. Sydney's been through that twice at the end of this movie and she just walks away. Like she's like going to go to the vending machine and get a Snickers or something. Right. Yeah. And it's so sad because it's like, again, I think it's this movie's weird underlying message about like fame and fame seeking behavior that Mm -hmm. the reporters abandon her immediately. As soon as she says, well, I'm not the hero is actually was cotton. They all rush over to him and they don't give another thought to her you know she's she's physically gotten the shit being out of her shouldn't she be in an ambulance going to the hospital too she's
0: got i i think she has one band-aid on her forehead if i remember correctly yes
1: yeah and i i don't know if the choice to have her just stand up and walk away is supposed to be some sort of testament to her strength Mm -hmm. and if that's the case it really did not they didn't convey that well yeah instead it just seems like this woman is so alone and the only thing everyone around her cares about is their five minutes of fame,
0: right, yeah, yeah, for me, I think it 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 it's partly due to the fact that she is fairly passive, yeah, because in in slasher movies, that final girl um comes along with a a sense of catharsis. Yeah. Built into, she's been put into a situation that she was not prepared for in a against a <clears throat> uh, antagonist that is much more powerful than she is, and somehow she she pulled it together and she won. She defeated right. the monster. Right. And Sydney doesn't really do that in this. She's yeah. there while somebody else does it. She's saved by somebody else. If Cotton doesn't show up, she's dead. Right. And on top of that, <clears throat> I think there's a certain st- something strange about the fact that this all is, I know you, you joked about this last night, but I don't mean to sound like I'm victim blaming here, but like, <laughs> it's all specifically tied to her. And yeah. <clears throat> without that sense of catharsis that she has defeated this monster, right. it's just profoundly sad.
1: Right, it's sort of like it's your fault that all your friends and loved ones have died. Yeah,
0: it's literally, it's like she's walking away and I'm thinking that her thoughts are, everybody's dead literally because I'm still alive.
1: Right, If I were to start Scream
0: 3, if I were to, actually, if I were to start Scream 5, Yes. I would start Scream, which I think this could work on two levels given the character and the franchise, I would start Scream 5 with Sydney trying to kill herself.
1: Jesus Christ. In in like
0: a mental hospital or something. Speaking of dark, depressing movies. Well, it's just like, it's it's like her thought process by the fifth movie has to be, they won't let me, no one will let me die. They won't let this end. Right. And that just gets so dark so quickly that I don't know how you can, live a life <laughs> you know it's like everybody around yeah. me keeps dying yeah. only not because not because it's it's not even like it's a monster that's tied to her it's just her right. it's other people taking on this monstrosity specifically right. to fuck with her yes and that's yeah. why with these sequels the fourth one a little bit less so but especially 2 and 3 you you the killer reveals are always Accompanied by a really long monologue
1: yeah, to explain like why this person has decided this person or people have decided to become Ghostface.
0: Right. Because they are not directly connected to Sydney. Yeah. She has not
1: wronged them in some horrific way where they must obviously seek revenge. Like Mrs. Loomis a little bit. Right. But not Mickey. He doesn't. He didn't know her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's like they always, they they accom- they're accompanied by this long monologue because they have to just over justify what they're doing because yeah. it, they're not her boyfriend, right? But, like even Billy, right. Billy's got a monologue, sure, but his monologue is kind of like secondary to the fact that he blames Sydney's family for breaking up his family. As right. much as I don't particularly care for that plot point, but <laughs>
1: yeah, he's connected yeah.
0: to Sydney. Like there's a connection yes. there. Yeah. Whereas Mickey. He's just a, a fame-seeking psycho. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Loomis. I I guess it's sure. It's like how She's many degrees of separation, though. Yeah, yeah. And in the third one, I don't know if you remember how the third one ends. No, the killer turns out to be Sydney's long-lost oh, half brother, right? Who she doesn't even have a scene with until he reveals himself at the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, and yeah.
0: it's God. just like at this point, if I was her, I would be thinking like, why do you need me for this? Right. Like why? Like, like,
1: well, cause that's what it seems like she becomes over time is just a catalyst for fucked up people to do fucked up things. Yeah. It's, it's not like it is only about her to such an extent that it becomes not about her at all. Right. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like exactly, yeah. she specifically doesn't matter. It's just like crazy people need an excuse to do the things they want to do. Right. And she's a famous one. So right. they go, ah, her. Perfect. Yeah, let's just go after her.
0: Like the the Mickey's Mickey's speech at the end about it. It he was going to blame the movie first of all. Yeah, terrible idea. Yes. Um, like it's never been done before. I'm pretty sure that was literally what Billy was going to do. Um, (laughs) but like he goes off this thing about blaming movies or whatever. I think it'd be more interesting if he blamed her. Yeah, you know, like or or something like that. Because I I I was thinking about it. It's like you know this kind of explains to an extent why final girls so rarely show up in sequels because they end up becoming the focus if they show up too many times. Right. And if, if they are the central person and usually when they do show up, they're not the central person. For instance, right. Uh, um, Nancy shows up in nightmare part three. Yeah. She's there as someone, she's the mentor figure in that one. She's not the central figure. Um, the surviving girl from Final Destination shows up in the second one is oh. also as a mentor figure. Yeah. Both of these characters, spoilers, end up getting killed. <laughs> but there's, a, I think there's a reason for that because yeah. if you are a singular person that this keeps happening to and someone coming for you ends up getting everyone around you killed,
1: yeah, that's extremely depressing. But also, you know, like as much as I was saying earlier, I, I'm not looking for Sydney to become Linda Hamilton in, in T2 – This is the perfect excuse, like the perfect reason why she would.
0: Yes. That she would
1: immediately after this be like, all right, well, I'm going to go get a fuck ton of self-defense training. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn how to use various weapons. I'm going to work out like a motherfucker. I'm going to live in my doomsday prepper home where I don't want anyone around me. Yeah. And if they want to come for me, they can fucking come for me. And if they can succeed in killing me, fine. But I'm not putting anyone else in, in the crosshairs anymore. And instead, she kind of just stubbornly insists on being like, nope just a normal girl living a normal life. And it's like, yikes. I mean, that's, that's, I think part of also what makes this so sad and frustrating at the end is that like most final girls who, who kind of defeat the enemy, you get a sense that they've, they are, they are damaged by what they have gone through, but they have found this well of inner strength.
0: Right. They have
1: found something within themselves that is powerful and strong enough to defeat the evil being murderer, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then that makes you feel like they're capable of doing it again.
0: They're capable
1: of defending themselves and others. Now that they have kind of unlocked this ability in themselves. Right. You don't get that feeling in this movie with Sydney. No. Like you don't get the feeling that she's like, well, if they want to come for me, let them come. I'm going to be ready. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just sad. It's just like, Oh I guess I gotta get all new friends and a new boyfriend for the right. next for the next round of ghost faces to kill
0: yeah it it was making me think like what would need to change for me to not like what what feels like the most appropriate way for her to continue on in this series, yeah, and it almost feels like the ghost face stuff should happen independent of her and she should actively involve herself in trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Because that way, I mean, she does recognize that this is in part due to event this is events based on events that happened in her own life. Right. And so
1: feel some responsibility for it, but not be the catalyst for it every single time.
0: Yeah, like I would be interested in a scream movie where they don't come for her and part of it yeah. is her going like, "How come they're not coming for me?" Yeah. You know, like <laughs> like that that's I, I feel getting like in
1: her car and driving to the town and being like, "Hey, wait, am I not good enough? For, is it because I got older? Yeah. Am I not pretty enough for you?"
0: Well, like you know, I feel like I feel like that sort of disconnect, yeah, is is kind of what needs to be there. So, I mean, I guess at that point, yeah. maybe it turns a little bit too Scooby Doo ish, where it's like, "Well, we got the mystery team back together in order, to, you know." But
1: yeah, it's it's tough because I, I I think I think it's a tough line to toe, and I I also. I don't think I'm totally against the idea of this just ending on a down, sad note where she's kind of alone. Yeah, yeah. That's a bummer. I'm not saying that's a great cathartic ending. But if they wanted to go in that direction, I think what's so jarring about this particular movie is that they do end it on such a, like, upbeat, sunny 90s afternoon. Right. Yeah, which is, like, like weird. I... Like, why not just show her? Like, why Why not when she comes out of the building, it's still nighttime? Right, and yeah. she sort of walks out of the the lights, the flashing lights of the ambulances and whatever, and kind of looks back at everyone and realizes how she how alone she is.
0: Yeah, everybody else it's, gets a happy ending except for right.
1: Her. Some sad Sarah McLachlan play, playing yeah. in the background, and I
0: like I don't mind that either. Like, I, yeah. if if the rest of the movie if is going to like support that idea, right. That's a fucking downer of a movie, but. <laughs>
1: sure, but if you want to go there, you can go there. There's, sure, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, like, theoretically, but it is this weird feeling that this movie thinks it's ending on a happy note. Yeah. That's Like, oh, look at it. Look at who, all the people who's, who lived.
0: That's why I, I almost I almost wonder if that ending is like a studio note. Uh, because it's like this is just too depressing we need right. to like this is the end of the horror movie we need to make it happier right or, or, she's or, the
1: final girl she won <laughs>
0: or did they not even realize what they did
1: yeah that's 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 the that's really the question is it's like if this was an intentional choice or not that changes things a bit
0: yeah well after the first draft of the script was leaked on the internet several changes had to be made and characters were fully rewritten Dewey had to, had originally transferred himself from Woodsboro Police to the security staff on campus so he could be close to Sydney and keep her safe. Randy was originally Gail's new cameraman. Oh, and, uh, Joel was a med student and friends with Sydney. Uh, Derek was the film student shooting a documentary who walked around with a camera, not Mickey. Debbie Salt was more aggressive and bitchy. <laughs> their, <laughs> their words, not mine. As in one scene, she asked Sydney if she, quote, finally snapped and if she's the one doing the killings. Being punched in the face by Gail as a result. The scene in which Sidney slaps Gail never happens. Mickey was the one who sang in the cafeteria to Hallie, and a different song uh, was sung. The killers were Derek, Hallie, and Debbie Salt. So it was. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Loomis ends up shooting, or Mrs. Loomis rather. Loomis ends up shooting Derek and Hallie, but then gets stabbed by Cotton before she can shoot Sidney and Gail. Cotton suddenly has a change of heart and decides to get even on both Sydney and Gale. <laughs>
1: oh my God! As he
0: considers them responsible for ruining his life, he stabs and kills Gale, and then <gasps> runs after Sydney. Kevin Williamson stopped writing, stopped the writing there, but left some notes in the script saying, "That's all I've written so far," and then describes in a few words. How the story was supposed to end. Cotton and Sydney would eventually stab each other and die lying side by side. At that point, Williamson probably intended to end the franchise with this movie. I don't know how much of that's true because I do huh. know that he wrote a, a, a treatment for a third movie. Yeah. Um. But like I, there were a mm. lot of changes. There's an there, The original ending does have there's so. There is an original ending. Yeah. That people have seen mm. that Kevin Williamson has since said was a dummy ending. That was written specifically as a fake ending. Got it. So people wouldn't know the real ending. Yeah. Um, I was looking up online, and someone does kind of call out that there are a lot of things in the movie that seem like they lead to this supposed dummy ending. Yeah. Um, so whether or not he's just covering for himself or what, I don't. I don't know why you would lie about that, or maybe he just yeah. forgot. I don't know. Don't know. But yeah, it's 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 interesting because this one is definitely. Does not feel as tight as the first one.
1: Yeah. What
0: do you? Wh- where do you stand on this movie? Do you do you like it? Do you think it's a good movie? Do you think it's a good sequel? Uh,
1: I I think it's decent as far as sequels go. Mm-hmm. I think taking it. I mean, I know you know because it is it's such a sequel that is so into being a sequel, it's hard to take it on its own merits. Yeah. Um, I think if you do take it on its own merits, it's not very good. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, I'm honestly kind of surprised it's on our list.
0: Yeah, me too. I actually, I was, when I saw it there, I was, I was surprised, but then I was thinking, oh, I know a lot of people talk about Scream 2 as being actually really good. Maybe I just haven't seen it in a
1: while. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's like, you know, uh, I I understand why they wanted to make it. I think it has some great sequences. I think it, it's trying to say or get at some interesting things. Mm-hmm. But it's not the kind of movie I want to like go back and re-watch. Like, I, yeah. I, I find it a less fun watch.
0: Yeah, I would agree. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, for me anyway, I think that just stems from Sydney being just like a not really active character like she's yeah. such a big part of the first one and she does have such a big turn at the end
1: right and and she is a big part of this one like right, everything yeah. still pivots around her yeah but she's just kind of like yeah she's sort of like character wise she's kind of absent and I think they they kind of make gestures at like quote unquote growth for her but I don't think it actually really happens yeah. and so yeah in the end it's just kind of a bummer. <laughs> Which yeah. I think it is my problem with it is it's like yeah.
0: Like if I I think if if for me anyway, if they had uh, the moment where Sydney flips the switch yeah. and decides to fight back or to get involved and take control, I think I would like this movie a lot.
1: Yeah, like if she lured him, them the killers to the theater.
0: Yeah, something like that. You know what I mean yeah. she
1: she kind of lured them in and and sort of knew that like she was going to finally face yeah. them like it had yeah, been I just, something i just want her to
0: be lines. active i want her yeah. to to be involved and not just be scene after scene of her either being told someone close to her is dead right or uh you know freaking out because she got an instant message from somebody or being cornered by co- like she's yeah. she's from getting hit from all angles in this movie yes and she just never pushes back
1: right you you would think that after a point you'd get to your breaking point and just be like you know what fuck off get away from me or like something and she's just always kind of like stop it
0: yeah even at the end like take even if you take out cotton saving her life yeah it's too little too late at that point yeah because everybody's already dead you know everybody's dead great You, you 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 decided to join the club to come to the show Right. After everybody already left, you know it's right. So yeah, I
1: don't know.
0: um, yeah. I do. You, so do you think it belongs on this list?
1: Honestly, not really. Yeah. I, I again, and I'm not saying that I think it's like a bad movie or it's not worth watching or whatever. Yeah. That it just doesn't feel like a, one of the 200 best horror movies of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one for me uh, because I think because I like Scream so much. Yeah. And Scream is such a big. Zeitgeist movie yeah, yeah that this one kind of, like I said before, I think it has some of the best s- sequences in any West Craven movie, yeah because as we talked about in our screen coverage, he's not really that dynamic generally right, um, right. even he, this even he's, this movie, he's got
1: the things he does and that's what he does. yeah, even yeah.
0: this movie feels pretty flat visually. Um, yeah and i was watching the third one last night and that one's not very interesting to look at
1: yeah i i think you know there are interesting sequences in this movie that are well done but at the same time i think it kind of just tries to do some of the stuff that the first one did but it
0: yeah
1: i don't know yeah doesn't it doesn't just doesn't quite get there for me
0: yeah i it, it's it's almost more memorable for me because it is such a weird almost more than the first one this weird yeah. slice of 90s esoterica yeah because it's got so many people in it recognizable faces yeah, yeah it's like it's like scream 2 was the club to be at
1: right right
0: all these all these wb kids showed up who were on the hot <laughs> shows showed up for a hot minute yes and you know so you go oh my god you only ever guess oh joshua jackson oh sarah michelle right. galler's in it oh right. uh, uh, heather graham oh we for- totally forgot to talk about luke wilson playing oh my god
1: yes the
0: the stab footage you get to see footage from stab which is the movie based on the events
1: tori spelling is playing sydney right yes which is
0: a uh payoff of a joke in the first movie
1: yeah
0: where sydney says uh when is asked who she'd want to play her in a movie she says i don't know i would probably knowing my luck they'd probably just get tori spelling (laughs) but yeah they have luke wilson playing billy yep Very well, I think he's really funny. Yeah,
1: it's really funny. Heather
0: Graham plays um, Casey from the first movie.
1: Oh, that's who that was. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, That footage, Siri, I said Casey, not Siri. Get out of here.
1: The robots are taking over. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) High quality podcasting. (laughs)
0: Um, that footage actually was shot by Robert Rodriguez.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> and
0: in Scream Four, they have uh, the the kids of Woodsboro have a, a stab marathon. Yeah, and you get to see the opening credits of Stab One that say a Robert Rodriguez film. So it's a nice little perfect uh, callback there.
1: Oh god, I love that.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know why I was talking about all that, but uh, the yeah overall it's a tough one for me to put on the list as one of the, the greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah. I know it really, I know it has its defenders. I would, I didn't want to look at, listen to or read too much about this before we talked about it. Yeah. But I'd be interested to hear other people talk about it and why they love it so much.
1: Yes. Cause I, I, I know also that, yeah, there's a vocal contingent of, of people who really adore this movie. And I, I say more power to them. I don't, fully understand what they're seeing
0: yeah that that seems to be I think where my problem with the franchise past the first movie stems from for me is yeah. that I think it's the Sydney problem yeah because I've never for some reason I've never really been interested in these sequels and I think this one is the key to why because she's this really weird character who is ver- just really sad and yeah. it's it's not really super fun for me to watch this sad character be put through with the paces all the time.
1: Every time, like, yeah. like the third
0: one, it's the third, the third. All these people are dying. Sydney's not really involved. Yep. And then she shows up, and she's like, "I'm sorry, you're my fucking brother."
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And
0: you're killing people because our mom was an actress who was like. Assaulted at a party and had a... Ba- what the fuck?
1: <laughs> what is <Yeah>. going on? <laughs> yeah. Like, what does this actually have to do with me, my life, or any of the people you've killed? Yeah, like, I,
0: I won't tell you who the killer is in the fourth one if you're going to watch.
1: Yeah, it. Yeah, but... I, I want to, so please, please do not I tell me.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's uh, it's too bad because I like Sydney as a character in the first yeah. one. Yeah, but I
1: but I think I think part of the problem is that this this the franchise in general leans too hard on the Prescott family drama. Big time. In a way that doesn't allow Sydney to like have any other character traits.
0: Yeah. Like especially in the third one. Yeah. Big part of the third one. I yeah. think that in general is the weakest part of the story in the first one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like weirdly confusing. Like it's like unnecessarily confusing. Yeah. And also just unnecessary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. I, I think Billy still works without that stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean um, I think you could give him a much more straightforward.
0: Yeah, the, the the excuse that he uses in the movie yeah. about, you know, being uh, blaming movies that stuff is fine. Yeah. Especially in the movie that he's in.
1: Yeah, and the whole cotton weary do subplot doesn't really need no, no. to happen. As much as I love Leaf Shriver. <laughs>
0: um In the third one, I don't know if you remember, in the third one, the twist, one of the big twists is that Ghostface gets a super voice changer that allows him to sound like everybody he is convenient to sound like over the phone
1: god i forgot that and now that you've reminded me i hate it all over again yeah yeah Yeah. it's 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 It's, that's a that's a deus ex machina right to some lazy writing sure is yep
0: um but i think that's going to do it for scream Two. thank you guys for listening uh if you would like to support the show you can do so by going to the patreon.com slash the penske file and joining our patreon if you do that You'll have access to all the extra episodes that Amanda and I are doing. This year, last year we did the entire Friday the 13th franchise, one a month. Uh, this year we will be doing, we are doing Stephen King adaptations. We have a bunch on our list, but we're doing the ones that aren't on the list. So like It yeah. Part 2 and Christine and the dark half and all, all that fun stuff. Uh, Bookending our year with It 2 it part two in January and the 1990 Tim Curry version in December. So that should be fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to the show and checking it out. We appreciate your support. Yeah, thank thanks. you, Amanda. Thank you, for it. We will see you next time.
1: Bye, everyone.